Hello and welcome to the Mythical Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Shinjan. I've always been fascinated by the myths and the stories behind those myths in cultures throughout the world. So if you, like me, are interested in exploring these stories behind the myths, then this is the right podcast for you. So without further ado, let's start with today's story. Today's story is Achilles. Chapter 1, as retold by Nick Ponticus. Brought to you by Holiday Whisperers, your bespoke and personal holiday plan. Visit holidaywhisperers.co.uk today for all the help you need and want to plan your next holiday. And the best part is that it's completely free. So get onto that website now. Also, if you're an aspiring podcaster like me and don't know where to start, check out burstproud.com. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. And if you sign up for a paid plan through the link in the description, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift voucher. How cool is that? Right, let's start the story now. Achilles was the great hero of the Trojan War. But today we'll find out about his mother and what he was like as a young child. We'll learn about his involvement in the Trojan War in Chapter 2. His mother was the Nereid Thetis, who is known for her many interventions in the affairs of both gods and mortals. For example, when Hephaestus was cast by Zeus, or here as some say, from heaven and fell into the sea, he was saved by Thetis. And when Dionysus was persecuted by King Lycurgus of the Edonians, he found refuge in the sea with her. And when the Argonauts, after having met the Sirens, encountered Charybdis and Scylla and the Wandering Rocks, Thetis, along with other Nereids, put them out of danger by steering their ship through those threats. Thetis helped even Zeus, the king of the Olympians. Once a palace revolt took place in Olympus, and the deities Hera, Poseidon and Athena plotted against Zeus, planning to chain him and take away his awesome thunderbolts. Thetis averted it by calling to Mount Olympus the Hecatonchiri, or one-hundred-handed giant, Briarus, who squatting down by Zeus and displaying his force, frightened the other gods away and undid Zeus's binds, freeing him. Zeus and his brother Poseidon, the god of the sea, both were in love with Thetis and tried to win her hand in marriage. But the respected Titanus, Themis, made a prophecy that the son of Thetis would grow up to become mightier than his father. So quickly, they changed their minds about her. Instead, she married a name named Peleus. Some say that Hera had raised Thetis as a child, and out of respect for her, Thetis herself refused the offer of Zeus, and to punish her he decided that she would not marry a god but instead a mortal man. Zeus did not stop pursuing Thetis until he learned the prophecy from Themis, and Hera, in recognition for what Thetis had done, or rather not done, chose Peleus as Thetis's husband, for according to her, he was the best man on earth at that time. Still, Thetis was not happy to wed a mere mortal and complained that it was an insult to her status. 
So when Peleus tried to claim his bride, she refused him and changed her form, first into a bird, then a tree, and finally to a tigress, scaring Peleus into letting go of her. But Proteus, a son of Poseidon, instructed Peleus to not let go of Thetis no matter what form she took. When Thetis turned into fire and water, yet Peleus still held on, in admiration of his perseverance, she finally grudgingly relented and agreed to be his wife. It's worth noting that the wedding of Thetis and Peleus indirectly brought on the Trojan War. All gods and VIPs had been invited by Zeus to the wedding, except for the goddess of discord, Eris. To get even, Eris tossed a golden apple in the midst of the gathering and labelled it to the fairest. A fight soon ensured between the beautiful goddess Hera, Aphrodite and Athena as to who the rightful recipient of the golden apple should be. The decision was left to a shepherd named Paris, who awarded the apple to Aphrodite on the promise of winning the hand of Helen, the most beautiful mortal. Aphrodite caused Helen to fall in love with Paris, and when he abducted her, they ran away to Troy. The Greeks launched the Trojan War. But more of that in Chapter 2. Since Achilles was half-god from Thetis, and half-mortal from Peleus, his mother wished to make him immortal. When he was young, she dipped him in the waters of the infernal river Styx found in the underworld. Thus he became invulnerable, save from the spot on his heel where she held him. Still, others claimed that to make Achilles immortal, Thetis would nightly hold him over the fire to get rid of the mortal elements inherited from Peleus and that in the daytime, she would anoint his body with ambrosia. Peleus chanced upon his infant son in the fire one night and freaked out on Thetis. In disgust, she tossed down the child and left both him and Peleus rejoining her fellow Nereids. Thetis never stopped caring for her son, however, and always kept an eye out for his welfare. Young Achilles was trained by the heroes. On Mount Pelion, Achilles was fed meat from lions and wild boars and the marrow of bears to give him courage. A diet of honeycomb and fawn's marrow made him a swift runner. Kyrian taught Achilles the arts of riding, hunting, archery, pipe playing, healing and more. The muse Callilope taught him to sing. Achilles exemplified the best qualities of a warrior coupled with the soul of a poet. He killed his first boar when he was only six years old and every day brought wild animals back to Kyrian. Athena and Artemis gazed in wonder at this handsome golden-haired child, impressed at his swiftness and skill. Achilles could overtake and kill stags without the help of hounds. When Achilles was nine years old, the prophet Calchas declared that Troy would never be taken without the help of Achilles. Thetis knew that a son would either die young as a hero at Troy or live an inglorious life at home. She did her utmost to preserve the life of Achilles, even going so far as to disguise him as a girl and sending him away to Lycomedes, king of Skyros. There he lived under the name of Circisera, Aisa or Pyrrha, it is said. Achilles wanted nothing to do with dressing like a girl, but he realized 
that it was the only way to get close to King Lycomedes' beautiful daughter. This affair with the king's daughter, Diadamia, produced a son named Pyrrhus, later called Neoptolemus. Thus disguised as a young woman, Achilles lived quietly at Skyros until the leaders of the Greek expedition against Troy, who were Odysseus, Nestor and Ajax, arrived and asked to speak to Achilles. They wanted him to join them in the Trojan War. King Lycomedes insisted that he wasn't there and offered the men a search of the palace. The search failed to expose Achilles, so Odysseus resorted to trickery. The Greeks had brought a pile of gifts to Skyros, mostly jewels, girdles, fancy embroidered dresses and colourful cloth. Odysseus asked the ladies to pick their choice of any gift, but instructed his men to sound a sudden trumpet blast and clash of arms outside the palace. All the girls had gathered around the gold and finery, ooing and aahing, but one girl showed absolutely no interest in the jewels, but instead seemed fascinated by the swords, spears and arms that were part of the gifts. So when the trumpet blew and the sounds of fighting were heard, one of the young girls, the disguised Achilles, instinctively stripped to the waist and grabbed the sword and shield, readying for battle. Thus Achilles was exposed and he promptly agreed to join the Greek expedition and lead to Troy his army of Myrmidons, which was what his warriors were called. Before he left, Achilles married his sweetheart, the pregnant Diademia. Then he brought a fleet of 50 or 60 ships to join his fellow Greeks at Aulis. He was 15 years old at that time. End of chapter 1 Thank you for listening to today's story. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach out to me on my Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin or you can email me at iamshinjan at gmail.com so that is i-a-m-s-h-i-n-j-a-n at gmail.com Please subscribe to my podcast if you've liked my work and don't forget to share it with your friends and family. I look forward to entertaining you with more mythical stories like this going forward. Adios. Thank you.